Hi, Natalie. Hey, Tara. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm very excited to hear about your recent travels. (laughs) Yes, I just visited Chicago to see Peter Gabriel. Crazy. Live. That's so awesome. In the flesh. (laughs) It was so amazing. The first half of the show was all new stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's releasing a new song for his new album. Something to do with the phases of the moon. I'm not sure if it's every new moon or every new phase of the moon. He's releasing a single. He's he's aligning it with his menstrual cycle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, But that part was really beautiful and quiet. And then, of course, he kicked into his older stuff. And it was jam-packed full of hits. We got Red Rain, we got Sledgehammer, Big Time. We even got Don't Give Up uh, with one of his backup singers, not Kate Bush, unfortunately. <laughs> but I would just die to see uh, yeah, that happen one day. Your head would have exploded if she came out. Yeah. We did not get Blood of Eden, unfortunately, either. And that would have been beautiful and amazing, but I'm sure also probably would have been difficult for him to sing, knowing the emotional yeah. impact I could have had. might have been hard to uh, keep a keep from crying whilst singing that song. But it was so perfect. He did. He closed with two um, encores, and one of them was Biko, uh, which is really cool. Super, super great. Great time. Great show. Fantastic. And then also on my Chicago trip, Natalie. Yeah. I went on a goth boat Dance party cruise thing. Goth boat dance party cruise. Holy crap, that's a lot. That sounds yeah. awesome. You it, sent me a little clip and it looked really, really cool. It was just like pitch black out there and then the lights of Chicago. It looked really pretty. Right. Everyone was wearing black. It was fabulous. The moon was full and bright and yeah, just cruising on the river in Chicago, listening to The Cure and I don't know name any goth song and we probably listened to it. It was great. It was a fun time. That's so Hosted cool. by Greg Corner and some of the Lost Boys Sail crew. Very fabulous time. How long did so that good. cruise last? It started at 8.30. We we left the dock at 8.30 and I think we got back around 10 or so. Well, that's not it was bad. a lot longer than I was expecting. Yeah, it was a fun time. Sweet. Yeah, that looks fun. Yeah, I will now, now be scheduling all trips to Chicago around boat dance parties. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. It was an unbelievable experience. Did not expect to have that much fun. Can't recommend it enough. It was, it was fabulous. Sweet. What did you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? Well, I've just been holding down the fort here at the store, you know, business is booming. Yeah. Got to stay focused. Somebody has to do it. Right? Yeah. I'm your girl. Yeah. Thank goodness. What do we do without you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, hi. How are you? Welcome to the store. Hello. I'm Tara. I'm Natalie. Let us know if you need anything. We'll be back here behind the counter talking about our favorite music. Yeah. Running our mouths. Well, Natalie, it's been mm. about a month. I know what that means. Yeah. Since we talked about our albums Album of, the, of month. the month. A tradition in the store. Do you have one picked out? You know what? I do. I do. 
my album for this month is James Blake playing Robots in Heaven. Ooh. Are you ready? That's a brand spanking new one, isn't it? Freshly spanked, yes. So (laughs) this is his sixth studio album. And I have to make a confession. Like, honestly, I sort of lost my hopeless infatuation with James Blake (laughs) a while after Assume Form, which was in 2019, and then also Friends That Break Your Heart in 2021. That one just kind of bypassed me altogether. I don't know what happened. I just completely lost interest. And I felt kind of guilty about that because I was so, so, you know, into James Blake for years before that. I'm like, man, am I that flighty? What's going on? (laughs) So I actually let like all of the marketing and all of the lead up to this album, I just didn't pay attention at all. But I finally sat down and listened to it. And it's quite interesting. It's, It's quite a shift, you know, from the direction he'd been going up to this point. It's a return to his roots, like, you know, the UK club scene. It's very reminiscent of his CMYK era. Uh, interestingly, there are no features on this album at all. So it's, it's quite different from what we've been used to. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot to talk about because he's, uh, he's switching up on us. So let's just dive right in. Let's start with the top of the album, the first track. It's called Asking to Break, which I think is a very promising opening. This track might be my favorite song on the album. You know, it's got that cool, chill groove. There's something about it that reminds me of old Moby, like from the late 2000s when he started to get more ambient, you know, like the soft, dreamy synths. I don't know. It just kind of gave me that vibe. Um, Blake's voice, as always, is just sublime. He does a couple little vocal runs in this track that just, just kill me every time. Love it. And then next we have Loading. I believe that was... Also, like the second single from this album. It's fine. It doesn't excite me, you know? Uh, I feel like I've heard this sound often in the late 90s, like on a long random DJ mix or maybe like a remix. That's what it is. It sounds like a club remix of another song, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yes, I like that one. I like how loading track two, how it starts all soft, but then there's some like, it, it seems like his vocals start to fall apart in a manufactured way, it's, mm-hmm. it, they get sort of glitchy, sure, and it's kind of metallic-y. Synth, the synths are very um, sharp sounding, I guess. But I wanted to say, I feel like the first one has some sort of fortet elements to it. Maybe it's yeah. the percussion. Yeah, I could hear that. It kind of feels fortet-y to me. Yeah, it's kind of just that whole era of electronic music, right? Like the early yeah. mid two thousands. Yeah, it gives me yeah. those vibes. All right, so track three is Tell Me. Definitely the most energetic dance track on the album. Listen to it a little bit. What'd you think of this one? Okay, I think this one is your favorite and this one's my least favorite. If I were to (laughs) make some assumptions. You know what? That's totally fair. I give you props. It's a fair assumption, but it's incorrect. 
This is not my favorite track. Yeah. Because, yeah, it starts so pretty, but then all of a sudden it has this kind of very loud, jarring, aggressive, (laughs) jarring, very jarring. Because I was listening to this whilst working and I was like, whoa, stop. I actually honestly had to just skip this one because I just wasn't in the right mental state. (laughs) I could totally see this one driving you crazy, like getting in your bra. Yeah. But I can see the cool factor in it also. You know, it's electronic in a EDM hyped up glitchy sort of way but to me in in the moment after the two tracks being soulful and still lightly electronic this one was like I can't I can't handle this right now (laughs) Um, you know the beginning of the song before it drops that jarring sound it was giving me in rainbows by Radiohead you know what I mean yeah a little bit I think for me it kind of was giving Sampha oh really in the beginning in the beginning Uh, This is funny. The Guardian, in their review, they called it the more sedate cousin of Darude's sandstorm, which... Okay, that's a stretch. (laughs) It's just because of the... It's literally just because of the rhythm of that jarring sound. But I thought that was so funny. I'm like, how do you take that? Is that a compliment? Or is that not a compliment? Because sandstorm is certainly notorious. We all know it. It's never going to go away. (laughs) Yeah. But I thought that was a funny comparison. That's funny. All right. So the next track is Fall Back. This is another great loungy club groove. It feels kind of dark. It sounds like like burial, you know, with that <laughs> yeah. dark two-step and the swirling vocal loops. Yeah. I thought the exact thing. This one was definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I had hints of burial, but there's this sort of fun, more poppy yeah. IDM bop moment towards the end. I, I really like the end. It's fun. Yeah. Like the album up to this point, is, it's all very inoffensive. It, I feel like it's something I'd hear out somewhere having a cocktail. You know, it's not going to command my attention, but I'll be tapping my toes absentmindedly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was really good for headphone listening, but not, but track three is you had to prepare yourself mentally for headphone <laughs> listening to that song. If you didn't know it was coming. It's you, not that crazy. You, <laughs> it's not, but like everything's so like smooth until that moment, and it's just loud and a lot. You make I it sound like, like guar just <laughs> comes out of well, nowhere. It, it's it's like a jump scare. <laughs> a jump it's scare. a jump scare on the <laughs> album. It is it is a terror jump scare. I can I'll, I'll give you that for sure. All right, so the next one is called "He's Been Wonderful." Again, I think this one really leans into the upscale lounge background music thing. It's very minimal. He has like this random kids choir sample in there, but you know, that aside, it really doesn't do much for me, that track. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But right. Totally fine. So yeah. next was the first single, Big Hammer. So Tara, I have a complicated relationship with this track. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. I dig the choppy industrial beat. The star of the track is definitely that great vocal sample uh, from the UK jungle duo, the Raga Twins. It bumps, right? That's when it really gets going. But here's the thing. Okay. My partner and I, this is so funny. This is something that often frustrates us with other songs, but this sounds like a four minute long intro, like a really great intro, but it never quite Um, gets going anywhere. And like that jittering 
unpredictable beat kind of makes the effect even more intense. I'm still bopping my head to it, but like I'm also yeah. kind of banging my head against the wall because I just want it to start, just start. To like really kick yeah. in. And yeah. And then the song's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do love that whole UK grime element though. Yeah. That part is dope. I'm glad that James Blake is back in his, or at least with this album, his post dubstep, his whole like, you know, dubstep original thing. Yeah. You know. You're not a but fan like of the harder stuff. When he started, it was, it was less, less uh, crooning and more dubby. Two-stepping. Dub yeah, he's, uh, he's gone a lot of places with his sound, for sure. Yeah, but I like this, and the video is a ton of fun. Have you seen the video for this? I have not. It's, it's great. It's great. Check it out. All right, so the next track is I Want You To Know. And my partner and I disagreed on this, but for me, this track is the weakest link on the album. I know. This is my actual favorite I song know. on here. This one, yeah. Rob felt the same this way. Is, this is Archangel Burial, almost exact, but make it a Pharrell cover. I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just, it's not my, it's my least liked on the album. This is my go get another beer and take a bathroom break during the show. Wow. I know, I know. I'm it's crazy. Shocked. But I got to say his production is stellar, of course. And that motif that he creates with his pitched vocals in this one is particularly cool. I think this is the coolest manipulation of his voice on the album. He's really great at that. Yeah, that this one to me sounds like it belongs on Burials Untrue. Yeah. It's so, it is Archangel, which is, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, I know I'm in the minority on that one, but uh, it just doesn't, <laughs> just doesn't grab me. So the next track is Night Sky. I'm actually going to kind of skip over that one. I don't really have anything to say about it. It's just kind of there. Same. Uh, Fire the Editor. This is the song that feels most kindred to his last couple of albums to me. You know, it's kind of yeah. more laid back in the beat. I don't know. Just it, it just feels like a progression of the previous albums in a way that's different from the others. Fire the editor. And if you can hear me, the next two, those two songs together are that James Blake that we all know really well. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. If you can hear me, that's like a very intimate open letter to his estranged father, who, by the way, is the singer and guitarist for a progressive rock band called Coliseum. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. What I do know, though, is that the Mount one of the Mount Kimmy guys contributed to this song, and I think the very first one, Dom Maker, hmm. Maker Mocker, and I love Mount Kimby. But if you hear me, I, I like this one a lot. But I like the sort of clippy piano loop. Yeah, and then his own voice as a background vocal sounds kind of like a ghost. Like yeah, it's kind of ooh. it's a cool effect. <laughs> Yeah, so we are at the end. The last track is Playing Robots Into Heaven. And it's exactly what it says it is. It is a robot funeral. It's a robot funeral? Don't you no. get that vibe? Like the electronic church organ 
And that's like all it is. And I think, it, I don't know, it's pretty masterful that he can so clearly convey a scene like that with just that sound repeating that motif. I feel like I'm walking into a church of robots. <laughs> I didn't listen to it with that in mind, and I guess I should have. I just like that it ended on a, a more synthy ambient way out. Yeah. I could hear that now. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way at all. It's a cool way to end the album. This is another favorite of mine. I like this track a lot. So Yeah. So which one was your favorite? I think I'm going to stick to the first track, Asking to Break. Yeah. I think that's my favorite. It's so floaty and nice. It's a good one. Yeah. It feels like he's integrating the two contrasting poles of his music career into this like free experimental mishmashy thing. It does. That's a good call. I like that. Yeah, so... You've got the crooner soul, you got the post-dub step, the grime. Yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of playing around. There's no real clear intention, and that's okay. Whatever. He's experimenting, taking away any constraints, and I'm here for it. It's cool. You yeah, know, I like it. I mentioned how I kind of zoned out on James Blake sometime in 2019. Well, that also means I missed the release of his EP before, which came out in 2020. And that one definitely feels like some sort of exploratory prototype for this current album, because it too has a lot of clubby tracks that feel a little unexpected, you know, from James Blake. I I think I stopped around the colors. The color one. and anything. That's my favorite James Blake yeah. album, I think. I, I feel like that's when I lost track. Um, but was there something about dinosaurs that he did 900 oh, dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, or something that's like that. another old what moniker of his. Oh, that was a different. It's isn't it project? one 900 dinosaur or something? One 800 dinosaur. Oh, it's it's toll free. Even better. Oh yeah, it is a whole other project. One 800 dinosaur. There was one release, and I guess that was yeah, that was in 2016. But I liked yeah that one a lot. Yeah, I did. So that. I guess, and that's also when Color of Anything came out too, right? Yeah, you're right. That came out in May 2016. So that's where I got lost mm. after that, all of that. And not because I didn't like either of those, because I loved both of them, but then I don't know why I just kind of stopped keeping up. Well, we're back. He's back. I'm into it. I'm trying to get plugged back in. He's going on tour. I'm sure I'm sure this is going to play well live. It'll just be like a huge dance party. So that'll be a good time. All in all, I think the songs are good, but they're kind of meandering and I don't feel like a climax is achieved, you know? And when I think about The Color and Anything, which I love, that album for me is loaded with braingasms. <laughs> and meanwhile, <laughs> like these songs, they all feel like intros, super dope intros, but they never quite pay off enough. And I think, I don't know, maybe I've just gotten used to James Blake doing more of the ambient soul songwriter thing that takes you on these epic sonic journeys that warp and leave you someplace entirely different from where you started, like, you know, Modern Soul or Always. Those are like all consuming listening experiences, I think. So this one's more of a passive yeah. listen for me. And that's okay. Yeah, I think I have to agree. Yeah, I agree with all that you just said. I don't think I could say that any better, so I will just stop here. <laughs> that's it. We are tying the bow on James Blake. What do you got for me? Well, speaking of sixth studio albums, I also have a sixth studio <gasps> album. Connections. From the band Tom Tom Club. Nice. It's called Downtown Rockers. And it's actually not a full album, though. It's an EP. And of course, we all know Tom Tom Club, American rock band, uh, formed by 
Chris France and Tina Weymouth, who are in The Talking Heads, but this is their side project that they formed together. They are most known for their super fun hits, Wordy Rapping Hood and Genius of Love. which is a genius song and is sampled so many times in a bunch of new hits that both of those songs came from their 1981 debut album. And they are named after, I didn't didn't know this, so I'm throwing this factoid in there, but they are named after this dance hall in the Bahamas where they rehearsed um, when they were taking a hiatus from the Talking Heads in 1980. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I never knew that. I mean, it makes total sense because they were there like all the time, but I just, I never knew that. This one little factoid, how how they get their name. (laughs) But yeah, this album or EP is, like I said, called Downtown Rockers. It came out in 2012, actually. um, And it was their first studio offering since their last album before that, which was 12 years earlier in 2000, which was called The Good, The Bad, and The Funky. And of course, as you would imagine, all these songs are funky as hell and awesome. To me, there are 70s rock moments and there are 50s rock moments it's post-punk it's disco it's nostalgic it's funky it's fun it's smooth and apparently most of the songs were born from jams and recorded all in their studio at home Hmm. so let's get into the album the first track is the title track called downtown rockers And again, it hits this um, nostalgic button for me. It's it's hearkening back to their days of when they were playing at CBGBs and they were friends with all those people in New York and they were art students from RISD and making their name on the scene. And yeah, basically they're just name dropping all of these amazing legends, Velvet Underground, Modern Lovers, Patti Smith, Ramones, Television, Suicide, Blondie, Richard Hell, et cetera, et cetera. And of course the B-52s, and concluding with the Talking Heads. Uh, This song reminds me so much of Hot Topic by Le Tigre. Oh, yeah. You know that one? I know Le Tigre. I don't recall that specific song, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah. They just basically do a full-on roll call of all these artists and musicians and writers and activists and other feminists that that are thinkers that have uh, they think like them and who have inspired them and and I kind of feel like Downtown Rockers is is very much the same as that. I read in an interview that one of the reasons why they wrote Downtown Rockers is because they were going to these CBGBs events that they were having once a month at the Bowery Electric and James Walcott was reading from his memoir and he was, you know, a big fan of the Talking Heads. And when he was reading, Chris France says, while he was reading, not just myself, but another member of the band, keyboardist Bruce Martin thought, you know, this is a good topic for a song. Everybody's writing books about the downtown music scene, but nobody's written a song about it. So we did. And I just thought, well, that's cute. That (laughs) is cute. No, the song's very catchy. Anytime you have that na-na-na-na-na, it's like really easy to pick up and the downtown rockers. You just want to sing along. It's cute. I like it. Yeah. Next track we have, track two, it's called Won't Give You Up. Won't give you up. Won't give you up. I'm not that kind of 
the guitarist Pablo Martin is ripping it up with some sick guitar riffs on this song. Very like reggae inspired. I think you also could hear some B-52s maybe in this song. It's it's so fun and funky. I love it. Yeah, I like this track the most. That funky rhythm guitar. It's like flirting with P-funk elements a little bit. That four to the floor kick. It's really groovy. I dig it. Yeah, this one I feel like should be viral. I feel like the kids would love it these days if they knew about it. Maybe they do. But this one is, I think, the hit of, well, this and another we'll get to. But (laughs) this is one of the the best ones on the EP for sure. And of course, the whole B-52s inspiration, they they actually met the B-52s in the 70s and were just huge fans. So I love that maybe they were inspired by them with the sound. All right, track three is called You Make Me Rock and Roll. And there's not a whole lot to this one that I'll say, but there is a really awesome sax solo and it's pretty straightforward, fun song and ends abruptly, but with Tina chanting, shake it, uh, talking about <laughs> rock and roll. So I, I dig it. It's a fun one. Yeah, that was a good one. I agree. It kind of, I'm having like a similar James Blake experience with this one. I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. I'm into it. Yeah. Didn't do too much. Right. It's cool. There's nothing to it. Nothing much to it, really. But it's a fun one. You could tell this one probably came from a jam. They were like, okay, that's a sick beat. Let's keep going with that. And they just made up some simple lyrics. My favorite track is up next. Track four, Kissin' Antonio. It's got a Latin Boogaloo-inspired beat, and it is so good. It's so fun. This one is the best track, I think, in my opinion, on the entire album. Yeah, I just love how it starts, the opening. It's very groovy. You got to start dancing. I like the percussion, too, that's playing in the background. Yeah. Pretty hip. It's very, very fun. I love it. I'm going to skip track five called Sweets to the Sweet and jump right to track six. It's called Love Tape. And it's actually a cover from this band, the Pinker Tones. It's a band from Barcelona that they did a collaboration with. Um, and so, yeah, this is their song called Love Tape. And mm-hmm. it's a fun one. This is the disco party, right? It's got that yeah. like Euro techno, squelchy, yeah. <laughs> electric thing happening I mean, in the background. Yeah. Also, feel like it's like there's some feels like there's some indie electro kind of thing happening there too. And this was only 2012, so not far after the whole indie dance scene. But yeah, that's pretty much it. The rest are mixes, dub mix. And whatnot. So um, check it out. If anyone in the store hasn't checked out this Tom Tom Club release from 2012, you should. It's got some bangers that I feel like aren't very well known and they should be. They never charted on this one, which is kind of surprising to hmm. me. I mean, not surprising considering the time that it was released, but I think um, had it been released earlier, it is definitely in line with albums that they had that has Pleasure of Love or Genius of Love, etc. Those Those are great albums, and this one I think holds up just the same as those. For the record, I do like Sweets to the Sweet, the one that we skipped over. I was into that one. It had like that, it had that cool squelchy synth sound that I like. Yeah. I it was cool. Yeah. When I got to Love Tape, the word that like popped up into my mind was 
cheesy, just a tad cheesy, but the right kind of cheesy. Good <laughs> yeah. cheesy. I'm a big fan of cheesy. Corny is the thing that you have to avoid. Cheesy is oh, good, clean, too. fun. And I think they really lean into it on Love Tape, right? Yeah, I love that. I love that too. I mean, and yeah, and it's kind of like Le Tigre is that way sometimes, you know? Mm. And so I, I dig it. That's a fun kind of cheese that I'm into also. For sure. And like another thing that hit me, because I really, I was pretty into the good, the bad, and the funky. Specifically the first track, Time to Bounce. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I really like that first track. That song makes me happy. And then when I listened to this one, I felt like all the songs kind of... And I can't think of the right adjective that doesn't sound negative because I don't mean it in a negative way, but they kind of <laughs> like drag, like the whole album yeah. is hung over, you know, Gotcha. <laughs> just yeah. really relaxed. I feel like this one is like the cool kid. Smoking, leather you know, jacket. It's like less fun, less funky, but it's like cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like eh, laid back. Like standing in the corner, but right. still fun. Post-punk. So it's fascinating. I actually think there are multiple connections between these two albums. Oh. Which is bizarre. So they're both the six studio albums, which is cool. But they're also dance albums that feel laid back and mellow. Yeah. Not too crazy. Yeah. And for me, they were both a touch underwhelming. I'll say Mm. that. (laughs) Just a touch. I wouldn't say that this one to me is underwhelming, but if that is a commonality for yourself, for you me it is. Can have that coming <laughs> coming off of the previous album that I felt was just like more energetic, and I guess I just gravitated to that more. You know? Yeah. See, I'm actually not familiar with that one. I don't think I've listened to it in full, probably. But this one, I actually own on vinyl and I've listened to it a ton and I've even played out some of the songs from this before. So I guess I just have a deeper connection with this this one. So I, I was going to ask you, not. how well does this go over on the dance floor? I imagine it goes over really well. Well, it's I haven't played this for a dance floor. I've played this at, um, there's a bar called The Waiting Room and they have a disco ball piano and they have fur on some of their seats and swirly tables and smoke machine and low red and pink lights. So, you know what I mean? It's like a place, a lounge but with a disco vibe, but it's not too pumped up of a disco vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think this is the theme. (laughs) It's lounge, lounge month at the record store. Yeah, yeah. But I think you could hear, you could hear that James Blake album also in the same club. You should mix them together and see how people respond to that. Mm. They don't seem to go very well together (laughs) in my head, but I'll try It's a challenge. Yeah. I'll try anything, really. Not anything. (laughs) All right. So that's it. Those are our albums of the month. I love it. These are great. Yeah. I do love how we can find connections every single time. That's so funny that they're both the sixth studio album. That one just fell in our laps. We got that for free. I know. That was a free, a gimme. Hold on. Is his, James Blake is still with that, that lady, right? Jamila Jamil. Are they married or dating? I don't know, but it seems like they're still together. Yeah, her name is like all over this album, right? Yeah, I saw her in the credits. I'm I'm curious to know how she contributed. Yeah, it seems like she helped in production at some point or something. Interesting. I'm not sure. Maybe songwriting, but I was just going to say that could be another tie-in. Oh, you're right. Because we have Chris France and Tina Weymouth as a couple. The element of love. <laughs> That's a good way to end. That's a good connection to end yeah. on instead of me calling them well, both underwhelming. Yes, let's end on the fact that they're both products of love. Okay. Yay. I like it. <laughs> 
I love it. All right. Well, I don't know what it means, but that's the. This is also their last album that they've put out since 2012. So, mm, no, yeah, I don't want to. Well, I won't go there. They're due for another one then. Another 12 years have gone by. We might get a surprise they next are. year. You never know. I'm really hoping. I'm still hanging on for this Talking Heads reunion. I know Dave Byrne has been anti, but fingers crossed. One day, maybe. Tom Tom Club, they're interesting too, because when you have a track that's as massive as Genius of Love, it's really difficult to keep going. Like usually that level of success kind of swallows you up and knocks you out of the game altogether. But I feel like they've made... They've continued to make like cool music that gets the appropriate amount of attention, don't you think? Unless your name is Niall Rogers. <laughs> Niall Rogers, yeah. Niall Rogers is a musical genius. Nothing, nothing can knock him out of the game. He was even producing for K-pop recently. Like he is still all over what? the place. Yeah, yeah. He produced, no um, co-produced a track with a group called La Seraphim. So that's crazy. Adored all over the world, as he should be. The man doesn't stop, and neither should Tom Tom Club. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting. Twenty twenty four. Let's manifest it. Yep, yep. All right, cool. Well, that was a fun album of the month club. I can't wait to see what next month's going to be. I'll be ready for you. I would love to hear what some of our friends in the store also like. So if anyone out there is listening, please join our Discord and tell us what what are you listening to? Are there any albums of the month that you would like for us to talk about? And also, if anyone out there goes to see James Blake, because he's on tour currently, he's in it. He might be in Atlanta right now, actually. <laughs> but if anyone sees him, I would love to hear uh, what the show's like. So let us know. Yeah. All right. Let's go home. I'm hungry. Yeah. Call it a day. Bye, everybody. Happy trails. We'll see you later. Bye. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.